Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of A Woman in AI. My name is Kim Dresenhofer. I'm a technical specialist for AI at IBM. And I'm very excited to introduce our new interview partner for today. She is a researcher on AI at SCIP in Switzerland. She's especially focusing on the psychology perspective on artificial intelligence which is very interesting and I hope we're going to talk about it today a little bit more. And she's also a woman in AI ambassador in Switzerland. So let's welcome Marissa Chop. Hello. Marissa, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Um, I can't wait to hear more about you. Why don't we just kick it off right away and just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and what your passion is. Yes. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot, Kim, for having me. I'm really excited to be part uh, of this series. Uh, what a great um, initiative. So yeah, uh, my name is Marisa Chop. Um, what do I have to tell about myself? Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I identify a lot with my job. So yeah, I am a researcher at the cybersecurity company, but uh, I'm not doing all the hacking stuff. So I have a pretty exotic role within uh, this company where I do this um, AI stuff and then uh, even more exotic, not from the technological uh, perspective, but more from the psychological perspective. So I'm focusing on all these kinds of things that, uh, you know, people, what do they think about AI? What, how do they interact with AI or um, AI based technologies? And, but obviously when you deal with this topic, uh, you have to kind of get a grip on okay what actually is this whole AI thing. Um, apart from that, I am I'm a mother. I'm a mom of two. I am active in various like uh, mostly in some NGOs. I'm also a volleyball trainer and uh, new, uh, my newest position actually. Um, <laughs> I'm coaching a men's volleyball team, which I'm very very passionate about. So basically, my life has been about volleyball for a long 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 time. And, 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 um, I love mountains, nature, and chocolate. <laughs> that's really interesting. Wait, I'm really curious, like volleyball coach for the men's team. That's kind of also unique lately, right? Especially like having a, the, the male team and then just like you come in, how does it feel? It's absolutely amazing. I, I never thought I'm going to be back to the coaching business. Um, I've been a coach uh, when I was younger for women's teams um, or youth teams and youth clubs, but then I thought, nah, I don't know, <laughs> not so my thing. And plus, I focused on my own volleyball career. And uh, I know I was just lately that um, there was this open position for the men's team, and I thought um, it's just really, really cool and fun to. <laughs> deal and work with a bunch of motivated uh, guys. <laughs> I love that. That sounds so much fun. Congrats on the new role. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, we're looking forward to the season. <laughs> um, just about your career a little bit, like what is your actual passion about AI? What is the most fun about it? Um, hmm, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty long story. <laughs> so I'm trying to make it short, but I mean, I've always been very like passionate about technology or all these cool things that people invent uh, to I don't know do like change our lives like I was for example let's let's take for example Facebook so I was always um, fascinated how I mean I, I, I don't care how Facebook works and how they do it and what they do and what their business model is etc 
but um, I was always fascinated how this impacts our lives in terms of like how, what kind of impact does it have on our relationships, on our friendships, on the way we see ourselves, on our self-confidence, on the way we do business. So, um, and with all these new things coming up, be it the, the cell phone, be it uh, Siri, Alexa, smart speakers, um, maybe autonomous driving at one point of our lives, semi-autonomous driving, all these things. I wonder, you know, what keeps, what keeps fascinating me is like, how does that change us as humans? How does it change our perception, the way we interact, the way we work, the way we lead, the way we lead our teams, the way we, um, I don't know, for our businesses, the way how we change our marketing strategies or customer touch points and all these things or diagnose patients, all these things. So um, this keeps fascinating me. And um, it, it basically started one um, when I was still working in a university and we had we had a class on, I think it was transformation, but in all kinds of areas. And uh, I heard a talk from Karen, uh, Karen Faye, and she talked about the IBM Watson and she showed me this Jeopardy scene where the Watson played against the Jeopardy champion and won and it was a big thing. And I was, I was, I was just watching this presentation like, wow, what's going on there? But I, I, I was fascinated about the Watson and the Jeopardy thing. That was all fine. But what, 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 really changed my life was looking around me so i was looking around me and there were all teachers and instructors from the university and they were all scared like they were on a very bizarre level scared skeptical really negative and like you could and and we had lots of discussions on how you know how are we going to teach in the future if, if you know i don't know if if knowledge gets obsolete like will they take our jobs and all these things so i could see the fear basically the fear was really intense an intense atmosphere and that was the day where i was looking like okay i want to figure out what's going on here why do they like what's going on with these people like what's what's happening because i'm more the enthusiastic person I'm like I'm seeing something like oh that's cool how can we use that how can we make this the best thing ever or you know I have like maybe this I'm like maybe overly enthusiastic or not anymore but and uh so it was really um amazing for me to see to see this to observe this and I really wanted to understand this very bizarre fascination and this is what made me basically a, this time cut all strings all jobs all projects all initiatives and took a year off and tried to find a new job which uh, brought me where i am now wow that's amazing that sounds really interesting because like i always when i, I have a similar reaction sometimes when i come to meetings right and i present what possible solutions we have and how far i already have come and i sometimes just get like the, just like also just like they're like slowly moving backwards in their seats, right? So they're like, oh my God, that's what is actually possible. And sometimes things like, because um, there are too many movies, they're just like robots take over the world. And it's like the, the, the like AI in a robot is just like so negative portrayed that I just like think like that is basically the most fear instead of using what we have and make our lives just easier. Yeah. It's like, you're Wait, so you, um, after listening to that um, 
lesson or like the, the, the study or like the classroom it does itself. Um, you, you said you took a year off. I mean, that, that requires a lot of bravery as well to just like say like, okay, I got to cut all the strings and I'm going to move on. How did that feel? It was, it was a tough decision. I mean, I had a great job. I had like, it was, I mean, I had a good job. It was decent. It was nice. It was secure. I, I have, I had everything I had. It was a time where I was just, I think, pregnant with my second child. And um, the thing I realized during this workshop is there's something like burning inside, like something is, I, there was, it kind of sparked a flame. So I felt like, okay, I, there's, there's some passion inside of me I haven't discovered so far, or let's say maybe I haven't had the courage to take steps to actually make this passion a job where I can earn money with, right? And, um, and it's not easy. I mean, I'm a psychologist. I have basically no background in tech. I mean, I don't know how these things work. I have zero idea, really. I haven't, uh, I don't know what the code was at this point in time. And uh, so that's, that, that was probably the scariest um, moment. I'm like, okay, okay, I want to work in a job with tech, but I have no idea about tech. How is this going to work out? Like people, is, you know, they're just going to be like, who's she? Like, what? What, what does she want here? So, yeah. So first of all, I think the first and most important decision was for me to say, okay, listen, um, my job's cool. I have two kids now. I'm trying to work only part-time. So I have enough time for my family, et cetera. Um, so first of all, the first decision I had to make is like, I, I wanted to have a job that was worth leaving my kids behind. Because for me, um, I'm also a person who wants to spend a lot of time with family. And um, leaving for work was always a struggle. But the moment I figured I'm leaving my work for something which is 100% something that, you know, burns inside, that was the day where I could go to work with a smile on my face and leave my kids behind and come back home with a smile on my face. And I think that was probably the most uh, scariest decision. And also, you know, figuring out, it took me like a year to figure out how can I find a job like this? What do I need to know? Where do I have to look? But, you know, is it research? Is it business? Is it a PhD? Is it uh, some kind of other, I, I had no idea where to look and what to do and what my strengths are and what, how much do I want to work? Um, and all these things, I need to figure this out. So I really had like a tabula rasa, clear, like blank sheet of paper. And for one year, I basically worked on with, with a group of people. I worked on my goals. I worked on my, tried to figure out my talents and my strengths and my visions and what I want to do with my life. And at one point of time, this job just came flying in basically. That's fascinating. It's a lot of patience as well. And just like finding what your path is and just like also be true to yourself at the end, right? Just yeah. like follow you, what you have in your heart at the end. Yeah, I think patience is the one thing, but uh, I think discipline was the most important thing. So it was not just, oh, today I'm gonna work on that and tomorrow not, or I'm gonna take a break for a few weeks, or it was, I was really extremely disciplined on working on, I don't know, shaping this dream and uh, also after let's say I had an interview. So I prepared for this interview as you know, a lot. And after the interview, uh, I, I reflected on, okay, is this really what I want? What is it what I like? What is it what I don't like? 
what do I look for in the next session, like next interview? So it was really um, also taking some interviews which maybe weren't 100% fit and trying to really use those as part of the learning process. So I think this year uh, has been also a year full of discipline working on myself. <laughs> That's good. I mean, like when you say like um, discipline and especially learning new skills, do you think there are some soft skills required to like go into the AI industry? Um, I mean, soft skills are necessary everywhere in every part of life. Um, let's try to let's let's try to ask it that way. Like especially in the main uh, male-dominated industry, where yeah. So I think. So something that I was also scared of is like how would you know how do people um, perceive me or how is it to be working there as a woman etc. Um, so this is just a very personal um, reflection on what helped me to kind of go through this. I think um, for me I was always like trying to be very open and trying to be really open with um, you know uh, where, who I am, what I do and what my goals are and um, also you know showing the, the, the willingness to learn and um, mostly I think it is something that I would now in German call Bescheidenheit. I'm looking for the English word for it. <laughs> it's kind of being you know down to earth, being authentic, being honest and um, you know I'm not standing there as, I don't know, the big AI influencer, enthusiast, evangelist, uh, et cetera. So just, you know, being really down to earth and thinking about, listen, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. This is what I can. This is what I want to learn. And I think this kind of transparency, openness, and down to earth uh, approach was uh, something that helped me to make a lot of new connections. And I've never um, received a lot of criticism. And the other thing is, I think um, sometimes I'm, I'm, I think a very uh, solid, like not solid, but um, you know, humor. <laughs> I'm trying to say something about humor. Like I do think um, I'm not somebody who takes things super serious. Like I do, I do take things serious, but I can laugh about things. I can laugh about myself. I can laugh about other things. Of course, we need to work on problems, but um, sometimes, you know, it's also important. I think it's extremely, for me, it's extremely important to have fun. And um, yes, there are some things that are going extremely wrong, but let's find a way to work this out without, uh, I don't know, putting each other's faces off. Like, you know, sometimes I think there's a different approach. And for me, humor has been something that has helped me open a lot of doors and and especially when you're in a place where you fight for diversity, when you come in with a more humorous, authentic uh, approach where you, you know, where you're just trying to, hey, it's me, I'm trying to make things better, let's do it together. Um, I think um, this has, from my experience, has been received quite well. Um, yeah. That's a really good advice. Like always have also fun at work, like, if you want yeah, to I think life's not, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's the key, honestly, I have the same opinion, because I think like if we, if we create an environment at the end where everybody can have fun, 
there's a lot of pressure also falling from you. So you can actually let your creativity flow and just be like the person who you actually are and just like be the creative mind you are. So I think that's a really good advice to just say. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the science behind that is behind it. So it's really just my personal opinion that or my personal motto, if so to speak, that I think humor is something that has um, I don't know, brought me a lot a long way, like that has have paved me a lot in many ways. So I thought for me, that was always important. That's amazing. And I also want to work with people who are fun. Like I love joking around with my boss. He's like the funniest person ever. So <laughs> and we work together very well on the like we do know how you know quality and we work on problems and we also have problems but it's so important to have fun for us so i think that's so important <laughs> did you were you able to kind of choose your your your, your boss or did it get like assigned to um so it's a small company and um there's like the no i wasn't able like to choose your boss to choose my boss because there's only one or two or three but you know they're not assigned like they don't they're not assigned to the research department and um, so, but I was able to choose what I'm working on. And I think this is probably the key ingredient of why I have the greatest job on earth is that, you know, when, when, when I um, found this job ad out of nowhere, like they were looking for a researcher, uh, I basically wrote my own job description. I told them, okay, listen, I want to do, I'm a psychologist. I want to do stuff in AI. I want to learn this and that and that. And uh, is there something you're interested in? I mean, and they were like, oh, co cool, that's awesome. Okay, so it was basically, but you know, but if I hadn't had done this one year of disciplined work, obviously I wouldn't have come up with such a blueprint job. So it really all came together. And um, yeah, so I think um, for me, if I, even if I could choose, I would definitely not choose another boss because, um, he um, is definitely a person that I think he probably knew even better what I was capable of than I knew myself. <laughs> and I think this is his greatest um, uh, like trait. Like he really believes in and he really trusts in, in me and my capabilities and what I am able to. And he just gives me the autonomy and freedom to choose whatever I want to do. And I think. Um, this is what's helped me really strive and um, give everything I have to to perform. Yeah, so true. Similar, like for example, I'm also really happy with my boss, and I think to have a healthy environment to work at, it's key. Because I I can say like a few years back, I had like like just like a I was not functioning with the boss I had then. I just like okay. I was like disagreeing every time like we had a conversation. I was just like sitting there like. I just don't agree whatever you say. I have a completely opposite. And I never had like the, the bravery enough to kind of like step up for myself because I was at that point still like like a junior, just, just working and trying to find my way. And also at that point, probably still please people and just like get the projects I want to work at. But now looking back and how much I have grown since having the new new manager, it's significant it's it's yeah. completely different and also just the the the, the also the, the the brave i got i just got more brave to towards clients towards like uh discussions towards panel or even on the stage i just got more like confident and overall so i think having the right manager is 
really the key at the end as well to just like grow as the person yeah definitely yeah. i mean for in my company you know i mean you work at ibm you have lots of people you have you know probably tight structures etc so you kind of uh, you know it's always different than when you work in a smaller company so in at skipagate we're only uh, i don't know 50 people or so so i think what for me um is absolutely exceptional is that i'm basically like i really found a, a position where i can work as an intrapreneur so um so basically i'm i, I work all by myself not, not all by myself of course i get support like but you know i work very independently i feel like i'm an entrepreneur like i feel like i'm I have okay, the, like the, the responsibility to you know uh, get my own projects and to and you know find clients and, and and negotiate stuff, but I have the security of the company of the people around me of of, of the finances. So um, I think and this is something I've never had before. This uh, I even did, I didn't even know that this word intrapreneur existed. So um, I found that I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I've been doing. Like, I'm, I'm totally, you know, if I'm working super independent. I can be my own kind of boss, but I still have the security and if uh, of my company, the nets, the support. If I need my boss, he's there. So um, or my 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 colleague. So I think this is this is special and i wish and i think but i think this kind of entrepreneurism could be possible in many more companies if you would just kind of figure out how you can you know establish um relationships trustworthy relationships so that you know okay i'm trusting this person to do the job in this way so i think uh, that was pretty um that was a pretty pretty huge insight for me do you think it's also key to also combine kind of your personal life with the work life? Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, if, if the, 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 the kind of more structured job I worked before in the university, they were also very um, understanding and they would have never said anything like, oh, you're missing out or you can't come late or you have to, okay. You know, they were also, flexible so um in this case it's just the tasks are a little bit different so that i can also uh, change the workplaces more easily or i can work from home or um depend a little bit depending on the project um, but <clears throat> i think as a mother and especially these days it's really hard uh, i just realized that now you know um it's not only you're not only missing work when you're sick you're also missing work when your children's sick you're missing work maybe when um, the childcare uh, person the person who takes care of the kids is sick you're missing you know so and this is something I'm I've been like struggling again with lately again due to this whole COVID crisis I mean basically when we had no childcare um, we had to work shifts. I mean, I was working then from, I don't know, 7 p.m. to 2 in the morning, the, and my husband was working during the day or whatsoever, kind of dependent on how, on the workflow. But I think uh, if you don't have this flexibility at work and uh, you have these challenges at home, um, it's, 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 
almost impossible to combine these two in a meaningful way. And when a meaningful may, may I mean like that you can also like, you know, really pursue a career and, and uh, you know, do projects that are meaningful, that let you grow, that um, are complex. Um, I think uh, this is quite, this is actually much more a challenge than I have ever known, like, or I would have not expected it. Yeah. I mean, it comes with a lot, right? Because you also need then work to just like give you the backup to just like, yes, take care of your child. And when you come back, we, we give you the required training, give you everything you need, what you kind of miss. And I feel like this is still a topic people are talking about, but it hasn't been handled. And I think um, the, the most important part is also that, that the child care. It's, I mean, you give your child to someone you're completely trusting. If you bring it to child care, do you want to like give us like some experience you, for example, had about like how important the person of who's actually taking care of your child during child care is? Mm, yeah. I mean, that was a problem, for example, in my prior job. I haven't figured it out, the, the connection, though, that um, I, I had childcare, but uh, my kid was really unhappy with it. So it was like a regular daycare center, and she was crying every time. And then what happened is, like, I was going to work crying because I don't want to see my kid cry, right? Um, I mean, and, and, I, and I didn't, and I, didn't I just could not understand what was going on. I mean, they did a great job. It wasn't daycare center um, and it took me a while to figure out all these things out and obvious of course this had an impact on how you know how my day was how I how motivated I am to work or this kind of affects right I mean if you're going to work crying uh, it's not the ideal start of the day right I mean and um, and it took me a while to figure out, okay, what, what can I do? And this was also part of this one year off. I took the kids out of childcare because something was just not going right. And I figured out, okay, I have to, okay. And then I found a new solution where I found uh, like in Switzerland, we have like daycare moms. So it's a family that takes care of the kids. It's instead of the daycare center where there are like 20 or 30 kids and many, many teachers, there's just this one mother and um, she's, she's educated. So she's no, she's usually also has been in the childcare business or whatever. And so, um, and it, but it's a very small group, but it's more private, it's more intimate and um, it's more like a second family. And I haven't really been through this. I didn't really know that this exists. I didn't even understand that, you know, this was one of the problems my daughter had. So anyway, so I, I, I tried this out and, from day one, um, they were happy going there, and they really and they really have become a second family. And now I know, with going to work, and the kids are there, being you know safe and happy, and they're taking really good care of them. It's just such a relief. Um, and you know, I think others don't struggle that much with that, but I did, and I do know that others do as well. So I think. Um, um, it's 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 really really important. I'm I'm not really sure how I how things could be done better, but I think um, if it would have been I don't know more if you, if I could have exchanged more with I don't know other mothers who've been through similar problems or um, it's, it would have been easier. But yeah, you're always smarter afterwards. <laughs> so <laughs> I think this is a big problem, and this 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 it's still um, yeah as you said. You know, we do have, um, of course, we have a 
system here in Switzerland. And, but I mean, it's first of all, it's extremely expensive. I think I mean I pay two thousand francs per month to, to per month to, to you know to have my kids in childcare, and this is only two days. I mean, it's I think it's a ridiculous amount of money. And I understand, I mean, I, I'm lucky that I earn enough, but I mean, I understand that other women who don't earn that much, for them it's maybe half of their uh, uh, income so, or families. So I think, it's, I think there are a lot of barriers, huge barriers, and lots of unspoken problems uh, when it comes to combining um, work and life. Yeah, that's so true. Family. I mean, I don't have kids myself, so I can't can't relate. But I like, I have a like. It just it just seems so much. Like I just for me, it's like I have so much work to do and every day. Like thinking about then having kids to just also take care of them, and then basically also trying. Like when you say when you mentioned the number two thousand francs a month, that <laughs> is a lot of money for something that should be actually kind of supported from the company. I sometimes feel like. Because if you want to have a successful person working in the company, which also brings revenue, you should take care of that, you know, but it's also, it's an ongoing discussions. I feel like, okay, you want to be a successful woman. Um, but then you get asked when you're 32 and you don't have kids yet, like, why don't you have kids yet? Right? <laughs> like, well, I want to, I want to be successful. You don't ask the man why they don't have kids with 32 because for them it's clear. Yeah. Career first and then the family. So it's obviously an ongoing topic of like, like defending yourself, why you kind of choose to have a career because when we have a kid, we got to take the year off. So we can't, we got to have a specific part already to make sure when we come back, we don't have a loss of salary or anything. So it is a, such a pressure we are on, which is kind of like, it annoys me so much because I'm like, you should just pay us more than a man so we can take a year off. So it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> we can chill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot too, because for example, I mean, my, my husband's a great father. He works full time and he has absolutely, you know, he's not thinking about these things like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, why should I work part time? So I sometimes think, um, you know, maybe it's this, this, this thing of being a good mother, it means I have to spend time at home. I always keep wondering if this is something that is, you know, I have learned from the society or is this something that is really part of my attitude? So I think this is something I'm still not clear of, right? I don't blame anyone. I don't blame the system. I don't blame the companies uh, I mean yeah things are going wrong but but what I'm mostly so what I'm really interested in is what is it for me and like what is it in me that I need to change or do to have this balance or I mean maybe like for example can I imagine working full-time like five six five days a week uh, being away from my kids and the answer is no, it's a clear no. And then I, but I don't know why. So is it, you know, where is this coming from? And why does my husband, who's a great father and loves my kids the same way, why doesn't he have this? And those, these are things I just don't understand and I, but I want to understand. Uh, so it's, it's still a journey, so I'm still on a journey here. Um, and, uh, but I think to make a long story short, I think um, with having a good childcare, like something you 100% believe is great for your kids, 
and having a job that is 100% worthwhile leaving your kids behind, because I would assume that most of the parents love their kids and want to be with their kids. I think this combination um, is necessary to make smart or make an authentic decision that really comes from the heart and not from what society expects or, I don't know, your mom, your friends, your whatsoever, right? Yes. Still, I only work part-time, so, and I still have friends that tell me, oh, you work too much, you're leaving your kids all alone. <laughs> so I have to really deal oh, with that. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> So um, yeah, it's an ongoing process, um, but um, company-wise, obviously, of course, it's never a problem when I miss things, or, but it's more in here that's working hard. Do you think that's kind of like a stigma we kind of get portrayed in? Because like, I don't know, every time we, I like, for example, I watch a movie, right? It's always like the, the perfect mom the perfect body the perfect hair every morning perfect career perfect clothes you know it's kind of like the when even a woman is featured in a in a kind of like in a business role we kind of have that image do you think that it comes with it that kind of like representation we're kind of like missing missing of just like how real life could is actually looking like um i'm not Sure. I mean, to be honest, before, like you say, before a few years, I'd say, I haven't really been looking at these images and portraits. And I actually, I haven't really bothered with these things. I just kind of went with the flow. I worked and, oh, I got kids. Cool. Okay. And kind of went. So I haven't really spent a lot of time um, thinking about how the perfect mother uh, worker would look like. Um, so, but I, what I do think, and this is also just, a, that's just a personal opinion at the moment, what I see a lot is that, um, women are much more speaking up about their frustrations at, with kids and work and, uh, all these things. So, um, I think they're way more open to these and maybe this is kind of thanks to social media that, we have more opportunities to discuss these things. So for example, I never had a friend, I, none of my friends have kids, none of my friends are in academia. So I had basically zero persons, zero people to talk about these things. So I kind of had to get up, find out about all these things, either myself or at a point when I, when I started joining like groups and on social media where I could at least uh, online, um, talk about these things and actually finding out that every woman, at least those that are in here are struggling. They're struggling. They're struggling in the morning before they get to work. Like I do before I get to work, I have spent two hours of cleaning diapers, um, making meals, preparing for the school and kindergarten, clothing people's oh, cleaning diapers again. So I spend two hours in stress before I even start my day. And maybe I also had a crazy night where I had to clean diapers again. I'm not sure. So all these things, you know, um, you never get to hear from other people, right? So I think um, it was within these groups or within more women sharing their honest struggles. I think that was really helpful. And I feel this is, I think women are speaking. 
my perception is that women are speaking up about these things um, and their struggles. And I think uh, they're more showing their vulnerability as they understand that this is part of um, the feminine way of uh, creating a society that cares and collaborates and that vulnerability is, is, is not a weakness, but something that actually creates connection. And, uh, and through this, we kind of become stronger as a community. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation for our listeners to where to find those groups so they can get also some insights? Uh, although I, I really don't want to um, uh, I say promote uh, Facebook, but uh, due to various reasons, uh, but uh, I, I must say that I have found them on Facebook. So um, that was uh, the Driven Woman Group. Which, I, which helped me um, tremendously. It was a group of women where all goals are equal, where every woman, no matter if you're just a mom or a high career flyer, where we just came together and uh, worked on our, on our lives, on our goals, on our visions. I think um, this is something that has um, shaped my, my way of living and it's the inner found them online. That's amazing. That's great. I mean, like groups overall, and I think like also, like, do you have? Because I'm also like an an athlete, and I mean, you mentioned it too. Do you feel like sport also helped you with with just like compensating, but for example, like stress situation and just like staying calm, in pressure situations. In theory, yes. In practice, I can't. I I would not uh, sign this off. I mean. I was a varsity player and practiced five times a week when I haven't had kids. But now when I have kids, practice is at night in the evening. So coming home or having a full day of work and in the evening going to practice um, has been quite a struggle for the family, to be honest. So um, I even only could go once and then at one point a time, once a week, one evening per week. I mean, it kind of sounds ridiculous when I say that, but what, just going out one week, even in a week, did not work out for us as a family. My, so, uh, or it did, but it's been stressful. So that's the maximum. And uh, now that I'm coaching the guys' teams, it's it's also one evening per week or maybe two, and uh, that's really the maximum. But it's always there's this uh, bad mom conscious that comes up like, okay, now leaving my kids behind. My husband's not really stressed. He's now all alone with the kids. Oh, yeah. So this is still not, uh, I haven't yet internalized how this is going to work. I mean, obviously sports is always good, but <laughs> um, I always think of, okay, how can I do sports during work, maybe in the, you know, maybe lunch break where, uh, you know, so then you're not the one who so gets hurt when I do sports. So <laughs> next step is like, I see you on your laptop with a little like treadmill underneath yourself. Yeah, so I'm not really sure. So this is again also a family thing. Um, so um, that's amazing, though. I mean, it kind of hard. I see what you mean. I feel like yeah. I mean, when when we have practice, like I even have struggled to just combine work with team sports for because it's just like it's a when you when you play for a team, it's a commitment you're doing, and you yeah. want to be there for the team. So if you say like I literally had a ten hour day. The last thing I want to do is work out. 
mm-hmm. but you gotta do it because you did the commitment of being yeah yeah exactly and when you don't commit to a team you always and you don't or when you commit to a team and you don't go that's also something i couldn't start i couldn't deal with and with having a family and a um uh, an intense job i often could not go and this is also that, that was stressing me a lot because when i commit to something i want to be there 100 percent so uh, this is also something that's kind of hard to 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 manage work life huh really stressful yeah <laughs> my god it feels so negative everything but everything is fine i mean everything's fine right <laughs> i'm just trying to you know uh, be be authentic and honest with uh, how to to deal with all this it's, everything's fine <laughs> i wouldn't have it any other way just to make this clear right uh, yes it's stressful it's, it's like it's like you know it's like playing um professional if you if you play professional sports like say you know uh, being a high bar being a varsity athlete you have like these lows all the time you know you you suck you do mistakes you i know you're not good enough but then there comes this one game where you have this absolute peak moment we said oh my god now this whole thing of work that was so worth for this one peak moment this one ball i hit so hard man that was so worth it so I feel sometimes uh, life is a little bit like this. So you have those peak moments that are absolutely amazing. This great conference, this great paper, this great new job, this great whatsoever. But then this requires a big, big bunch of work you have to put in. So it's absolutely worth it. And I mean, I would not have it any other way. That's so true. Like the 60 minutes right in the game. You gotta, you gotta do this. Exactly. <laughs> Only of practice for this year, but we got this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess it's like how marathon works, right? I mean, you work, you like, you you practice for a year, and or half a year, and then you have this one marathon. But it's worth it, <laughs> I guess. I don't, I don't like running though. I I did a marathon once, and I had really high ups and downs of like, why am I even doing this? It was it worth like, it in the end when you ran the marathon? It just was painful. <laughs> I mean, I can say I did one, but if I would do it again, well, Well, then it's also lesson learned. Yes. I mean, great experience, but like, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) um, If you, if you, for example, think about the scenario that a young girl is looking, might be also an athlete, and she's kind of like, she wants to pursue a career in AI or like maybe something else, what would be an advice you would give her? Um, Join a support community. (laughs) This doesn't have to be women in AI, which is an awesome community, but um, I think for me, um, having a community where I can find support and help and collaborate and kind of, you know, motivate each other or help each other, um, I was more of a loner before. I was more, you know, trying to solve the problems all by myself. Look around, and and I found out that you know having people surrounded, like having a tribe, having people who, who cheer for you, is actually pretty fun. And you know, if you have a question, people just come up and help you. Like people are so awesome. Like if you I ask for help in the community, and five people will show up, like, hey, Marissa, I'm here, I'm here, let me help you. So um, this is something uh, that has changed uh, my life upside down. Do you have a mentor? Uh, no, not, no, no, I haven't, don't. 
Do you I remember I was signing up for a mentorship program not long ago? <laughs> Do you have any mentees? No. Would you be interested into that? Um, sure. Maybe it would be a cool thing. Haven't thought about it yet, but um, why are you asking? No, because I was thinking maybe if some someone is listening to it and they are really like can relate to your story, maybe they can reach out to you, yeah. maybe on LinkedIn or something. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would that's that's yeah, that may be cool. Yeah, cool. Just to share your story also. Yeah, help them. <laughs> okay, I have two more questions for you. Yes. First of all, what's your favorite book? I have to go with um, Harry Potter. <laughs> I love that. That's a good one. That's a good book, yeah. Also long and just like moving. Yeah, I think it's the only, I was trying to, I mean, I do read a lot. I love reading. Um, and, uh, but this was probably the only book where I, you know, I closed the last book and I open it again at page one after an eight hour reading marathon. I remember that so vividly. And I read it, read it all over again. <laughs> so I think this is a sign what means that could be my favorite book. Yes, that is a good one. And then last question for us. Um, what is your favorite app on your phone? My favorite app on my phone? Um, I'm not sure if I'm brave enough to say that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it. So at the moment, it's, can I say at the moment it's Noom. Which uh, one? Noom. It's uh, it's an app um, that uh, is fantastically created by psychologists, okay. and it um, helps you kind of um, understand your eating habits. Ooh. So it's uh, and I've been doing that for a few weeks now, and it's just it's not about you know losing losing weight. It's really about trying to find a, a healthy relationship with food and um, what it means to you and how it how how how, it, how how eating and healthy eating affects your life, etc. It's about setting goals and motivation, but, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a whole uh, very holistic approach, and it's not like counting calories. And I think uh, they've done a fantastic job on that. That's really good. I like that because it's always been an issue. Let's say that way. I mean, like you know how it is with sports. You just like. You, you eat, you eat, you eat, it's half the calories in as well. And then I feel like that the problem with, with work life is that you, you kind of like, for example, I started skipping breakfast because I read I sleep longer. So and then I have my lunch, which is at 12. And then normally I wouldn't have a period till like 6 p.m. This will never work. So like eat snacks all the time and just like probably get a more awareness of what you actually consume and kind of like what yeah. is needed for your body to also get a performer is really interesting exactly i yeah, couldn't agree more awareness awareness mm. yeah good word marissa thank you so much for this interview i had a blast uh, Kim. thanks where can people reach you is it linkedin or any other channels yeah twitter and linkedin i'm mostly i'm very active on twitter and also linkedin yeah Perfect. I'm going to put all your handles in the show notes. Super. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. And I can't wait to hear and see more from you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>